What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kind of Funny X-Cast, your home for all things Xbox here at Kind of Funny. Of course, I'm one of your hosts, Snowbike Mike, and today I'm joined by my other gaming dad. Gary Witt is out this week, so I'm back with one of my favorite people here on planet Earth, Paris Lily. Paris, how are you today on a lovely Friday? I'm doing fantastic. Rand's not here, so I'm back. <laughs> you know, I was ducking him. I was going to be here with Rand. You were ducking Rand. I brought him on the man with the million to have fun with you, me, and Gary. And you were like, you know what, Mike? I'll be back next week. And yeah, so we yeah. said goodbye. But no, it's nice to have you, Paris. It's always fun. And this week, we get to lay back. We get to chill and have a good time. We're going to talk a lot about video games, which I'm really excited about. We got hands-on with Forza. We got to check out, of course, Battlefield 2042 and that beta. So I'm really excited to chat it up with you. And we'll also have a special guest joining us during that game segment. So Stay tuned for all of that. Paris, you know I'd like to kick off the show with some fun, some excitement. And here's one thing that Xbox fans need to know about because it's time for launch, Paris. Xbox and chill has now become a reality because the Xbox mini fridge is ready to go for pre-sale and pre-orders October 19th. I'll say that one more time for all of our fans out there. October 19th, you will be able to pre-order the official Xbox mini fridge that will go out to multiple retailers globally December 21st. So I'll read right from the Microsoft blog. Of course, in the first wave of production, the Xbox mini fridge will be available at Target and on Target.com for $99.99. Our exclusive retailer for U.S. fans in, in Canada will also be able to purchase online via Target.com. It says it will hold up to 10 cans. It has a USB port, two shelves, and some LED lights. Barrett, our producer, is showing some photos right now from Tom Warren from The Verge over it's on the so YouTube tiny. channel. It is tiny, but it is bright, Barrett. I think they really listened to a lot of us that got the ZOA rock uh, mini fridge, Paris. And you and I talked about it. Aaron Greenberg heard that of like, you know, we wanted to see a little bit of upgrades, some yeah. lighting, maybe some LEDs. Got the USB port to be able to charge different things, which is kind of cool. But I want to circle on that price tag, Paris. $99. That was one you and I kind of said wow to. What do you think about that? Yeah, I was shocked. Honestly, it's probably about $100 less than I thought it would be. I figured this would be like $199.99 kind of thing. And even at that price point, you know, it would sell out the second that they would put the pre-orders up. So to get this in at $99, it's almost a no-brainer. You know, if you're a fan of Xbox and the collectibles, obviously it's a, it's a working mini fridge, which, which you can use. <laughs> as well so uh yeah i mean kudos to, to that entire team that put that together uh to get this out so i think the question now is how quickly can they make more after this yes. initial uh, uh launch because like i said within the first two minutes of, of pre-orders they, they will be sold out everywhere right and obviously i, I they're, they're partnering with target so if you're lucky enough you can walk into a store and get one as well but I mean, I'm putting this on the same level as the Steam Deck 2022. Like, <laughs> like you know, we already have the Zoa one, obviously, right? You know, so thank you to, to, to Xbox for providing those to us. But I want that one. Yeah. <laughs> I want the $99 one. And it's it's going to be tough to get that. I, I, I would be shocked if I'd be able to get one right at the, you know, the launch. No doubt, Paris. It's exciting. And like you said, right? What's that second wave? And after that, what does this release look like? I'm really excited to hear that, right? This isn't a one and done thing. I love yeah. that Greenberg and the team are working to make sure that there are more out there in the wild after this first initial wave, which is going to be really cool. But 
Yeah, that $99 price point, I thought for sure, two to $300 window, right? We'd be somewhere yeah. in between that. And I was getting ready to really swipe the card and kind of regret <laughs> that, but also love that. I think $99, everybody, like you said, is now going to be jumping and excited to do that. So a lot of fun, but don't forget, October 19th will be your pre-order. No exact time on that. So make sure to keep an eye out over on the Xbox social media pages to be up to date with that. But going through Target as well, really, really fun, Paris. Now, I want to ask you some questions about this. We see that there's the the green glow. There's definitely a light up on the top. They really made and elevated this. That USB port, you using that or you not using that? Oh, I can a thousand percent see me using that. So <laughs> the people see behind, I have the Zoho one behind me, right? So I keep a lot of my chargeable things up on, on this this table behind me. So if that USB thing is there, I I totally could see me using it, plugging my iPad in or, or something like that. So yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. If, if I replace the Zoho behind me with, with that mini fridge, yeah, for sure. Really excited. And it seems a little bit bigger than our Zoho mini fridge, of course. Yeah. You know, thank you to Xbox and The Rock for sending us those, but 10 cans. Right. There's a there's a little number flowing around. There's nine to 12, but they wrote on the official block, 10 cans, 10, 12 ounce cans can fit in that. That's a good size, right? Yeah, there. that's that's definitely bigger than than the Zola one, because I don't know. I, I, I can't even think off the top of my head right now, but it's not 10 for sure. It's less than that that you can put in there. It's definitely less than that. I feel like I could fit four standing up and then yeah. like three, yeah. maybe two laying sideways on it. So this does seem bigger and it, there's a lot of excitement around this. I'm really excited for this. I can't wait to see all of the photos. It's wild that a meme became reality. That's the thing they've all backed on this one. And Xbox chill is a fun little tagline as well. So I, we'll keep I have an eye a, out for that. I have, I have a fun side note, just since we're talking about the mini fridge and stuff behind me so people can relate. So when I'm, you know, in my day job and I'm, I'm doing work calls, if it's Zoom or Teams or whatever, I, I blur it out now. But there was a time when I wasn't blurring out my background and people would always see that see the fridge and they would think it was the, the Xbox and they go, wow, is it really that big? And I would just go <laughs> with it and I go, yeah, yeah, I know. Right. It's so big. It's, it's huge. I go, that's why I keep it on the table back there. I can't keep it over here. So it's just, just a funny little thing. People. Observe. I love that. Oh, yeah, that's so, so funny. Yeah, this is my torso. Look, if you're in the game and all that blurry screens, because if you're in a real work call, people will get nosy and look what's behind you. <laughs> Isn't that the wild one? When we went to the Zoom world, everybody wants to know yeah. what's in that room of yours. I need to yeah. talk about it. Is right. Oh, I love it. So one final time, because I don't want to see it in the comments. I don't want to see it on social media that you missed it. October 19th, pre-orders will open up. $99.99 is the price tag on that. Keep an eye on the Xbox social media pages to find out the times when those go live. But I hope you don't miss out because it's a great price tag and it's a really cool, fun product. And it's a legit mini fridge, like Paris yeah. said, right? This isn't just a collector's item. It's not hollowed out. It's a legit mini fridge. So you can have some fun in your dorm room, your office, your home, wherever. Put that mini fridge in there. But Paris, let's jump into the show because we got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. But first, let me hit you with a little bit of housekeeping. Of course, this is the Kind of Funny X-Cast. We post each and every Saturday at 6 a.m. West Coast, Best Coast time on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, RoosterTeeth.com, and on podcast services around the globe some fun stuff for you if you missed it the new episode of the blessing show is here on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and it's a loopy one watch blessing break down what's up with all the time loop games from this year and why they mostly nail what they were going for 
And this Monday, Barrett and myself, Stonebike Mike, are going to celebrate the 10-year anniversary of Batman Arkham City by playing through the whole game after Kind of Funny Games Daily over on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. Let's hang out, talk Batman and all of those epic villains, and get nostalgic for one of the best superhero games of all time. Dang, 10 years, Paris. Can you believe that? How fast time flies. I know it, it really does. Time really does fly, fly by. But you, you bring up a point with the Arkham stuff, and I'm glad you guys are doing that. I know as people watch or listen to this, it, you, it will probably have already aired. But DC Fandom is, yes. is happening this weekend. And I, I'm so excited to see Gotham Knights and, oh, and yeah. obviously what, what the Suicide Squad is going to look like. And then even outside of gaming, you know, they're going to show Batman. the Batman. Oh, God, just that Can't teaser. Wait. Oh, the yeah. chills I got from Pat, uh, Robert Pattinson's Batman voice. Yeah. Just that little teaser. I'm so stoked. And while we're in housekeeping, because uh, uh, Paris brought up uh, DC Fandom, uh, we will have, uh, while we're not uh, doing live reactions over on Twitch, we will have uh, reactions to us watching uh, the Gotham Knights and Suicide Squad uh, trailers for the first time uh, later today uh, on YouTube.com kind of funny game so uh join myself roger percorny and blessing eddie Oye jr to react and have fun with that i love that you guys i'm so excited to see all of the fandome it's going to be another fun one we get to celebrate games and entertainment and i'm really looking forward to gotham knights that's one that i've encircled co-op gameplay within that dc universe i'm really yeah. really excited to jump in and see what that's all about along with the suicide squad who's hot off of a really good movie so I think it's going to be a lot of fun to see what they do with that universe. Keeping it going, though, the second episode of The Arkham Files will be premiering at 2.30 p.m. PT on Monday over on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Don't miss out on Barrett talking all about why Arkham City is the best and making you feel like the character you're playing as. And that's going to be a really good one. If you missed out on the first episode, you can go check it out right now. And then you can get caught up and watch the second episode with us all over on Monday. It's going to be a ton of fun. Moving along here, don't forget that we are now Epic Games Partners. That means if you are going out to buy V-Bucks in Fortnite, if you're upgrading your Rocket League cosmetics to look good out on the pitch, or if you're buying anything from the Epic Games Store, please use our Epic Creator Code. Kind of funny at checkout. It's no additional cost to you. You can support the Kind of Funny crew in a new way, and it's really awesome. So thank you so much for using that code. Kind of funny at checkout. Finally, we'd like to thank our Patreon producers for the month of October. Pranksky, Tyler Ross, Delaney Twinning, Julian the Gluten-Free Gamer, Alex J. Sandoval, Techie Haas, James Hastings, and Casey Andrews. Finally, the XCast is sponsored by Upstart, Honey, and Chime, but I'll tell you all about that a little bit later. Let's jump into the show, and of course, I want to kick it off right away because we have our friend Andy Cortez, the Nitro Rifle, joining us from Kinda Funny. And, you know, when I get hooked up with Andy Cortez personally, that means we're hot dropping into some <laughs> person shooters. And that's what I wanted to bring him on for was you, me and Andy talking about Battlefield 2042, our impressions after the beta. So how this is going to run, we're going to talk about Battlefield 2042. We're going to talk about Forza Horizon 5 in that preview event. We'll talk about some Dead by Daylight, some Far Cry, but it's a great chance for us to get caught up on the X-Cast. Just talking about games since we're in that window, but we're coming hot off of the Battlefield 2042 open beta weekend. And I wanted to hear you guys' thoughts, your opinions, what you what were your experiences moving out of that? There's a lot of hot takes on the internet. There's people excited about this. They're really pumped up for the release. People questioning that $70 price tag and what it has to offer. And also people saying, maybe we should wait a little bit and release it at a later time, giving the team more time 
to really dial this in. So Paris, I'll kick it over to you first before we go to Andy. What were some of your thoughts after Battlefield 2042 beta? So it, it, it's interesting, and, and people follow me on social media. They probably know where I'm going with it already. Um, I enjoyed what they're doing with 2042. I, I, I think there's a lot of potential here, destructible environment stuff, just, just everything, Battlefield. I feel the, the, the vehicle combat, the, the weapons, squadding up, all of that felt good. But this game's not ready to be coming out of, what is it, a month from now, a month and a half from now, however long it is. It was way too buggy for my taste. I, I did play it on PC. I did play it on the Xbox. Um, and it was kind of just these quality of life bugs that I was seeing across the board. And while, sure, I'm, I'm sure a few of them can get polished out, I'm just very concerned that this is supposed to be a representation of the final game. And, and I'm sorry, I have to compare this to, to the Halo technical preview, which yep. was a very smooth and polished experience. It concerns me at, and we've talked about this many times on the show, you're charging me $70 for this. This isn't a free-to-play thing, any of that, which should matter anyways. But I'm paying 70 bucks. If it's buggy out of the gate, coming off of Battlefield 5, which was also less than desirable, you know, when that came out, it's, it's ultimately going to frame it as a disappointment. Like, why am I wasting my time playing this? I might as well, I'm just keeping it real. Might as well go play Halo because that's polished. It's a lot of fun. I don't have to deal with these bugs. I don't have all these weird glitches and things. Don't give me the, I'm going to promise we'll, we'll get it fixed in a few months, delay it a few months and fix it and then give it to me. Look, we're in a post cyberpunk 2077 world. We just are. And I think it is more than fair with every, all the challenges with development during COVID that if you don't bring a game out hot, it is okay if you delay this game. I don't think anyone's going to be upset if it's delayed because it's buggy. I've heard various things about, well, this was an older build and I heard it wasn't an older build. I, I mean, I don't know. All I know is what I played. What I played was buggy. And then you're telling me a month from now, all of that's magically going to be fixed. Skeptical. It's just, it's just the truth of the matter. So while I think there's a lot of potential there, and, and we've been saying this for months as well as we've been leading up to this, getting hands-on with it. It's not like I didn't have fun. I just know if it's going to be this buggy, I'm probably not going to want to sit there and, and play it. I'm going to want to go play something that I find is more polished. And that's just the truth. Andy Cortez, uh, you know, it's great hearing from Paris. And you and I together have done a lot of first-person shooter video games. We do this almost nightly. What did you think of Battlefield? I completely agree with everything Paris just said. Absolutely true. Mike, have you talked at all about our preview event? Uh, no, but if you'd like to talk about that, we can right now. This is the first time we're talking Battlefield on this channel, which is nice. Got it. Okay, awesome. So Mike and I participated in one of the preview events right before the open beta launched, about three days prior to the open beta launching. Um, it, was, it was a mess, but... It, at that on that day, Amazon Web Services went down, so so did all of their servers. So it was an absolute mess. We played uh, maybe ten minutes total of Battlefield twenty forty two, but we got to play with our homie Bruce Green, and there's no bigger fan of Battlefield than Bruce Green. And he was in our Discord with us as we were kind of discussing the issues that we were seeing with the current thing that we were playing. And Bruce, again, gigantic fan of Battlefield, was like. 
this game won't be ready to play for another two or three years. <laughs> and he was just so he was so honest with us because he has seen the way every other battlefield has come out and it's broken and non-functional for about a year and a half and then maybe and then they start improving it obviously and they're always going to continue to improve it but it won't feel really really good to play for about a year and a half and that was like an honesty shot to the head that i did not expect to hear from bruce green um i do think it's ex it was extremely buggy it was a mess it didn't feel great to play i think gunplay felt good in certain moments but performance is so bad i i, I struggled to get really high frame rate and I have a really good PC and it was just kind of frustrating there. Um, I'm excited for the new game modes that they have been revealing, but I'm also just not the fan of Battlefield. I don't love the moment to moment gameplay. I feel like there are no stakes. I feel like there are. I, I have fun when we're in a helicopter, though, when we're blowing shit up. I'm having a blast. <laughs> we're laughing. We're seeing tanks explode. We're seeing all this cool stuff. And there's you can have fun in those moments, but I also don't necessarily care. I don't know if I necessarily care about winning matches in Battlefield, and that is at the heart of my issue with Battlefield. Now, this Hazard Zone stuff, these other game modes that they are announcing, they might lure me in. But yeah, it was a mess. I totally agree with Paris. I think it does need some sort of delay, not only for, you know, fixing all of the issues that they're having, but get it out of Halo's way. Get it out of Halo's way, please. And who thought we would have been saying that six months ago? Crazy. I didn't. I didn't, yeah. I didn't because no. I thought it would have been the, the, the opposite, if anything, where Halo needs to get out of the way of Battlefield. But Halo has shown itself here the past couple months in a very good light, a very polished state. And, you know, we've talked about this many times on the show about what Halo needed to be. And it's kind of living up to, to the expectations of what we said it needed to be. So much so that... You can't bring in the comp the competition can't come in. I'm just going to say it can't come in half ass because if you come in half ass, no one's going to play your game. That's what's going to happen. Not to mention it's $70 versus a free to play game. That does matter. That really does matter where people are going to vote with their wallet. If the word around the campfire is Battlefield is going to be buggy, it's coming in hot at launch. Why am I giving you my $70 at launch? I'm going to wait until, you know, it's in a better state if I come back at all, especially when I have a viable option that is free to play. I don't have to spend a nickel to go go try it out and play it and have fun with it with my friends. So and two weeks after Vanguard. Yeah. Yeah. You know, oh, like we're talking about that, a game yeah, that is going to get a story. Yeah, we're going to get a massive upgrade uh, to Warzone. So, yeah. 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 They this is a tough one. I, I totally agree with both of you. And I, I've seen both sides out on social media after the weekend, right? It, it is Battlefield. It has those only in Battlefield moments. But after that weekend, I played with it. I was like, ooh, this is going to have a really tough time against the other big two, right? We're going into a holiday season where it is the big three, and each one has their own pros and cons. But if I was this team, I would definitely be looking around going, maybe we do need to make a move and aim for an April or May. Give us another six months and go in spring when everybody cools down with the first person shooter games. And that's okay. I, I think yeah. that's the, the biggest thing that, that, that I'm, I'm trying to say here is it's okay. If it gets delayed, I, I will not be upset if I have to wait longer to get the next battlefield, because just like I say with halo, I want it to be great. I don't want it to just be okay. I want it to be great. So if you need more time in the oven, put it back in the oven, let it, let it bake a little more. Get, you know, maybe you need to run another beta, get some more user feedback. I don't know what the, what it is, but it's not that it's a bad game. It's just 
it's rough around the edges. And we're at a point in, in gaming right now where we have so many other options of things that we can play. We're not going to tolerate playing a rough game. 100%. I mean, go down the list, Cyberpunk, The Avengers. I mean, you can go down the list of games that have come in hot and people reject that and they move on to something else. So I'm just looking at it at face value going, don't put this game out a month from now if if I have to judge it by this beta because it's not ready. Whereas the opposite, playing the Halo one, I'm like, you put that out tomorrow. I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's that's the kind of conversations I want to have. I wanted to be excited about it. I want to be like, well, I hope. If I got a hope, delay it. I want to run down a couple of pieces with you guys as I looked at the good and bad in my mind and pick your brain about what you thought. Of course, when we come off of the beta, they chose the map Orbital, which, you know, is going to be a map in a tropical, I'll call it just Southern Florida map with a, you know, landing area for a rocket ship to take off. And I think that map was probably a poor choice in my opinion, right? That map felt too big, even at 128 players, on next-gen console, it felt like I was struggling to either see people or there was just a clump of everybody on top of the tower doing absolutely nothing but sitting up there and not really participating in much going on. And that was one where we came off of Halo, right? And they chose one map as well, but it felt like everybody was getting into the battle all the time. There was always movement. This map felt like, man, this is too big or that bottom half of the map was doing nothing absolutely at all. It was just, you're on the tarmac, you're by the spaceship, or you're in the big tower. And I want to know what you guys thought. Should they have gone with a different map? They've shown maps with a lot more going on, maybe a different feel. Was this, is map choice out of a beta a big piece of the experience for people to come out of and talk about? That's a tough one because I, I can see the argument you go with that map because you want to show the scale, right? But at the same time, like you're saying, but if that's not indicative of the normal gameplay that you're going to have, because like you're saying, it's, you're, you're struggling trying to actually find people to engage with, and it's in a beta where this is your first impression, maybe that wasn't, like you're saying, maybe that wasn't the right first impression to have, so to speak. Whereas, you know, we go back to, I keep bringing up Halo, but I, gotta, I have to, we go back to Halo with Big Team Battle, and I'm screwing up the map name, Frag Fragmentation, right? Yes, that's the yeah, correct yeah. It felt just right mm -hmm. as far as having, you know, 12 and 12, the whole thing. It felt just right. Not too big, not too small, enough engagement, a lot of fun. So that was a great first impression when it, when it came to that. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough. I mean, in hindsight, you would say, yeah, bad choice. But I could understand why you potentially may have wanted to do that. Because, again, you want, again, this is Battlefield. You want to show big, giant maps, all the crazy vehicle combat all these different things that you'll be able to do on it. And maybe that map, it will play out better in a different mode than the one we played. I, I don't know. So, so, so that's kind of a tough one. It's maybe that map was the most, the one that was most ready also. I do agree with, with you, Paris, that I think they wanted to show off kind of how large and how epic this can be. And mm -hmm. here's the tornado and the shuttle. And sometimes the shuttle can explode and maybe you won't see the storm if the match doesn't last long enough. I do think that the what some of the other maps that we've seen had a bit more of those sort of building to tall building to tall building connection points. And we talk about that one tower. Maybe it was two. I'm not exactly sure how many there were, but you know the spot, Mike, where everybody's yeah. up there sniping one and everybody's being useless yeah. up there. And 
they're just trying to get clips for their Twitter. <laughs> and then and then the rest of it, it, it just all feels so... But I, I think, like, as I was playing it, we played it for about 40 minutes on that one stream where it was you and Nick, Mike, and then I kind of just hopped in. It really just... Battlefield always feels like the pregame lobby in Warzone to me. And I just don't... I never feel like there are consequences. And when the game ends, I go, oh, all right. <laughs> and I just kind of, yeah. and maybe that's, I just need to get more into that gameplay and more into that state of mind. Um, I, I would like to have, I, I think the, the fragmentation map in Halo is a perfect example because of how it's laid out and you have pockets of where action will take place. Yeah. You have these zones, right? It's not just one big map. There are zones where people are going to fight in that area or they're going to fight near that room or they're going to fight near the secret room where you get the loot like there's always kind of these little pockets and i just maybe it's the 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 loadouts maybe it's the nature of the weapons maybe it's people picking certain classes and you know let everybody let's get all 128 people on the same page or you know 64 people on the same page it just felt really messy and unorganized and i would love to have seen more of a, a an area with a lot of kind of with more buildings interconnecting. Because, you know, down low, there were those couple of corner store-looking buildings, you know, but there just wasn't a whole lot happening there. It just felt like this game is a year away. <laughs> yeah, it's just one, we talk about first impressions, right? And you look over and it's easy to compare, you know, Halo to this, because we're coming off of three weeks of yeah. infinite flighting and essentially betas, right? And you see the layout of the maps that they chose. And I think when you walk away from this, a big piece of that is like, this is your first impression. Yeah, a lot of people know Battlefield. They know what they're going to get into. But a lot of people are just jumping in for the first time. And they're going to see if this is going to rank up for them to spend $70 out of the big three that we're going to battle with in the fall. And I think choosing the right map is a big factor there. And I personally don't know if Orbit was the correct map there. But it just didn't feel right. And one more thing I want to touch on that didn't feel right before we go into the positives is the gunplay. And Andy, I want to go to you. The gunplay to me just didn't quite have that punch like it does in Halo and in Call of Duty. And I know Battlefield has always been a little bit different, especially with how big it is and the engine. But what did you feel like was missing from that gunplay or did the gunplay do it for you? I thought the gunplay felt fairly decent. Um, and I think most of it was due to the hot swappable thing that they introduced where you hit up on the D-pad. I forget I forget what the exact buttons were. On keyboard and mouse, it, I think it was maybe Y or T or something. And you see that thing pop up, that crosshair-looking, you know, neon green sort of uh, UI on your screen, and you can switch to whatever scope you want, whatever clip you want, whatever barrel you want. Um, I thought all of that felt really cool and really intuitive, and I wish more games took something from that, because I... I hate having to wait until I die to switch what loadout I'm using. And I think, um, I don't know, it just felt good. It felt, it felt smart. But I agree with you that I think the sound design plays such a huge part in feeling that impact, in feeling the headshot, in feeling that really cool kill. And I'm kind of with you there, Mike. I didn't feel that punch. I didn't feel that hit. Um, but I think, I think the gunplay was the least of my problems, honestly. I mean, if anything, it was more of connection issues and i should be hitting this person but they're not getting hit right yeah okay that might be it i want to touch on the positives there were some really cool moments out of this you bring up the on the fly weapon customization which i think that's a big one the plus 
system form is what they're calling that, where you can automatically add and detach different attachments onto your weapon. Paris, what did you think about that? Andy brings up loved being able to do that. Did you like that as well? No, I did. I did. And and that's to go back to his point, that's probably the least of my worries or are, are, are things like that, because I think that's what can make Battlefield special is being able to do things like that on the fly, customize your weapons, change your loadouts, things like that. Um, I would say other positives for me was the v- v- I never say it right. The vehic- vehicular, am I saying that correctly? Nailed Combat. Yes, yep, there you go. Nailed there it. you go. But that would be a highlight for me. I, I, that's why I love Battlefield. I love being able to jump in tanks and jets and helicopters and do all those things and ha- have all those those fun things, get shot out of the sky, all of that. I think all of those things are fun. Obviously, the as you would say, Mike, the levolution. Of the destroy the destructible environments, you know that that battlefield is able to do at scale is is also another positive you want to see. Again, there's a lot of good in here. It's just layered in roughness. That's the problem. And and again, I don't want to go back into that. But yeah, there's there's fun. Like I said, it's not that I wasn't having fun. There's a lot of fun to be had. I just wonder, you know, if that fun can can be sustained over a period of time in the current state of the game. When we when we think back to a couple of months ago when I think Call of Duty was at its weakness at its weakest. Uh in terms of the public eye. Mm-hmm. When there are so many people watching these streamers and it is full of people cheating and aim hacks and aim bots and I, there was a there was a moment where people were looking at concurrent players and Call of Duty was doing really 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 bad. And it's like, wow, Battlefield's really about to come in here and take that spot. They're really yeah. going to do it. I can't believe it. And this, the $70 product, that's going to be buggy, most likely, November 19th or November 4th? November 19th. Yeah. That is not what you want to bring on to the, uh, to the mass market to say, all right, we're here. We're ready to take out Call of Duty's crown. There's no shot you're going to take that, especially when Warzone is free to play. And you're trying to siphon off those players. Um, I, I just think that like there needs to be something else here in order to say, "Hey, you're frustrated with the Call of Duty? Come over here, check this out." When your game is in a state like that, like I think of everybody moving to Splitgate with the Call of Duty frustration. A lot of people go into go play Splitgate and go, "Oh, damn! This is a really small game and it works really well. This is awesome." The, their Battlefield needs that moment of hey, they're doing pretty bad. You're not having a whole lot of fun. It's getting stale for you. The map, blah, blah, blah. Come check this out. When your game is not working that well, people are going to go, well, I got to spend 70 bucks for that. And I'm watching my favorite streamer play and they're frustrated with it. Nah, man, I'll go back to my free game, dude. No, thank you. Yep. I want to give a lot of love. Uh, you know, like Paris brought up, Levolution, Destructible Environments, the dynamic weather along with the tornado. Those are the only only in battlefield moments that you look for that you love that draws your attention over to that franchise and makes you say dang i can't wait to check that out i can't wait to be a part of that and so they really crushed it on that part but there was a lot of moments where i walked away going "Ooh, i don't know if this was the right call here i don't feel this it's not going to be what i want here in this fall window so it's really interesting but there's a big positive here that we need to talk about and there might switch the tide up for everyone and i want to hear your thoughts on this one uh, announced this week, Hazard Zone. We got the full details on Hazard Zone. We get to really see what this third and final piece of the full Battlefield product will be alongside All Out Warfare, which is the big 
player Battlefield experience that we've been talking about, Battlefield Portal, which is essentially Halo Forge. You get to create the games within the world that you want to see. But this is that centerpiece. This is the big piece that everybody's been talking about and they've kept their eyes on. So I'm going to give you the rundown from their press release, and I want to know what your guys' thoughts are. Could this be the saving grace to Battlefield, and does this change your outlook on it? So playable on all seven Battlefield 2042 all-out warfare maps, Hazard Zone is an extraction-based four-player game mode in which players will build a squad based on play styles. Players will want to create squads that are the best at achieving their objective of retrieving data drives scattered throughout the battlefield. Their task must be completed while fighting off opposing squads with the same goal, as well as environmental challenges such as yielding tornadoes striking at unforeseen times and deadly occupying forces that will drain resources and alert nearby enemies. A hazard zone match consists of five main phases, strategize and equip where players confirm their insertion points, choose their specialist and select their loadout and tactical upgrades insert deploying to the, to the predetermined insertion points retrieve where squads will deploy their Intel scanner and face off against enemy squads, occupying forces and the world itself. First extraction, the first two options for ensuring survival last extraction where the remaining squads must fight over who will escape and who will die trying. The choices players make will greatly impact team success. Choosing the right mix of specialist weapons, gadgets, and tactical upgrades is the key to survival. Players will experience quick 15 to 20 minute matches, 32 player games with Xbox Series X and S, PS5 and PC, or 24 player matches with Xbox One and PS4. Teams who successfully extract from Hazard Zone will receive a base reward plus additional rewards based on the amount of data drives they escape with. Players in Hazard Zone will be rewarded in two ways, XP granted for their overall level progression slash battle pass progress, as well as dark market credits, DMC. The currency players will use to select weapons, equipment, and tactical upgrades at the beginning of every Hazard Zone match, giving them an edge in battle. These upgrades range from ammo increases, faster reload times, and additional storage, all the way to re resurrections for fallen squad mates. So guys, this is the third piece. It's not a battle royale, a little bit similar to Tarkov. I want to pick your brains because there's a couple of questions here. I know a lot of people got excited about this. Give me your initial thoughts on hearing about Extraction Mode this week, Paris Lilly. I mean, my, my first impression was, yeah, I mean, this sounds like a lot of fun. It definitely sounds like a mode um, I would love to jump into, like you bring up Tarkov, and I never say that right, but which is something that I've only dabbled in. I've not played a lot, but maybe this would be the thing to get me to, you know, check out that type of, of style, you know, gameplay even more. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like a lot of fun. The fact that it's going to be available, all the maps, I think there could be some some very interesting scenarios with that. Andy Cortez, what do you think about this high-stakes, pressure-filled type gameplay mode? This is what I'm talking about, Mike. This is the type of thing that can bring over players that are really into the gunplay. And, of course, you know, some there, there will be some vehicle madness and stuff like that, but yeah. I think more than anything, like, gunplay is going to win here. Um, and solid strategy. And the fact that it's that short of a game mode... And you're not hopping in and being like, well, we'll be in, in this gigantic match for the next 42 minutes. And like this feels 
like a game mode that I would be down to play way more than the other point capture stuff that Battlefield is more known for. Um, I, I'm stoked that this also helps you level up whatever the battle pass is going to be because I've we've seen some of the cosmetics that they've released and uh, it, more than anything, like Frostbite Engine looks goddamn good. And I like the way their characters look and I like the way the the textures and everything else is sort of presented. The material work is fantastic. So cosmetics are going to look great. And I would love uh, I'm super stoked to eventually level up whatever my dude is, whatever my character is. This is a mode that seems awesome. And shout out to the division for kind of paving the way back then for having that mode. Um, yeah, this rules. This is what they need. I, I again, would this have been great if it was free to play? If this is the free to play mode? It would have been awesome, but people are going to have to, you know, fork up to try to get in here. Yeah, I, I like that. And I want to touch on that free to play mode in just a second. You know, when I read this, I get excited, right? We're coming from a really battle royale filled space lately, which has really driven the market. Everybody likes these high stakes, pressure filled gameplays where only one team is going to survive and win out. And you've seen just the blow up of Escape from Tarkov. And I love that they found a way to really put something high stakes, but also something different than the Battle Royales into this game. My worry, though, when I read this, right, is we're talking about all seven of the Battlefield all-out warfare maps that we just talked about are designed for 128 players. It felt too big at one point. Now we're only going to put 32 players in the map. That seems a little light to me, coming especially hot off of Fortnite's with 100 players, Warzone with 148 players. I do worry that this is going to be a really big map filled with a lot of quiet time out of that 15 to 20 minute match. And yes, that's going to lead to a lot of pressure filled moments once you do engage, but also at the flip side, it does worry me that we might be running around a quite fair amount of time without seeing anything. And then all of a sudden get picked off and really feel like that wasn't worth the time and experience to jump in and play. So I do have my one concern about that. Paris, we brought up the price of $70. There were people online saying, oh, this mode should be free to play. Now, you and I, we, there's a lot of conversation here. It's a $70 product that only has two modes before this mode announced that was already questionable with a multiplayer-only experience. You got to bolster that price tag up with something else like this. Could they really get away with doing this free to play? Does it have to be there for the $70 price tag to justify it? What are your thoughts on that? I think so. I think so. This is, again, where, where you get into, we've talked in the past about them not having a, a real like single player uh, campaign. So it's multiplayer only. So, all right, if you're charging me full price for all these multiplayer modes, what am I getting? You kind of got to, you, you got to give people their quote unquote money's worth when it comes to that, especially since there's also still going to be a battle pass tied to this, which is going to be even more money that you're going to have to spend. Um, in a perfect world, we, we've said this a million times already, but in, in a perfect world, I think this game would have been a perfect candidate to be on Game Pass. Just yep. just, just, would have, you know? Yep. Uh, if you're not going to do a free-to-play thing, if they'd have got this thing on Game Pass, I think people, there, there'd be a lot more excitement is around it. it because is it you're not going to be included with EA Play and all that stuff? Or? Not right away. Um, it, no. It, yeah, you'll, you'll get a 10 hour free trial. That's what yeah. happens with the EA play gotcha. partnership of these new games. You'll get a 10 hour free trial, which is the big positive. But yeah, as you keep going past it, it's just not the same as getting it on Game Pass. Yeah. One. Well, ironically enough, you bring up the 10 hour thing because I, I was going to head there is I think you're going to see a lot of people jump in and take advantage of that 
to try it out before they see if it's worth their $70, which brings it all back full circle. If you're a buggy mess in those 10 hours, guess what? People aren't going to go spend the $70 to go to go buy the full game. Yeah, and, and I think when we talk about having like, you got to have more than just two modes for to justify the $70 uh, price. I don't, I don't disagree with that. It would just be so much of a stronger kind of uh, selling point to say, yeah, you're paying 70 bucks, but check it out. Look how stable everything is. Mm-hmm. Look how flawless everything mm-hmm. runs. We got this anti-cheat on day one. You don't have to worry about any of that. This is like a flawless online experience. Whenever we, you know, log on to these these multiplayer games, there's there's always going to be issues for a while. And I don't have the most experience with Battlefield, but uh, just based on what other people have told me, like, yeah, this game probably won't work super well for quite a while. Um, and I think, like, you need to justify the the price point based on who you're competing against and based on how well your game runs. And it just really stinks that, you know, you already mentioned it, Paris, that, like, yeah, apparently this is a four-month-old build. Well, yeah, like, don't, don't do that then. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Like, yeah. what do you want me to say? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. it, well, here we are. Right, we have now been able to try and put hands on on all three of the big first-person shooter games coming out this fall. And in my opinion, I think after all of that, Battlefield is is in the weakest spot right now. And if I was Battlefield, we'd be having that conversation, like you said, Paris. And by no means is it bad to delay this game, give it more time to perfect, get out of the way, because there's a lot to go into this. Halo being free to play, this game coming out at a seventy-dollar price tag, and on top of that, Call of Duty which is the juggernaut, right? One of my favorite things, Paris, you and I always talk about is like, Call of Duty is huge. I'm watching NFL TikToks of NFL players and they ask them what's their favorite video game. And every single one of them says Call of Duty. And the wild one is, is we're going to get a full package with Call of Duty Vanguard from a campaign to a multiplayer suite to zombies. And then on top of that, the rumor going around right now is that the Vanguard brand new Battle Royale map will drop probably the same week as Battlefield 2042. And that would be a huge issue for this team to have the other team throw out one of their biggest games with a new mode right on when they're supposed to release. So in my opinion, I think they should wait and get away from that. We've seen this happen before with years before of Battlefield, Call of Duty, and Titanfall 2. And we've talked about that fiasco. And right now we're in another situation with three first-person shooters going to release. And it's going to be a wild winter. You got you to gotta wait. You know, all these things go in cycles. Not only do you delay it, to give it more time you wait for people to get mad at call of duty again <laughs> you wait yes. for people to be frustrated with the experience over there and by that point maybe people are like oh halo man we've been waiting for a new map forever when are they going to come out with a new thing you wait for the gamers to get mad so then they can buy into your experience and say we are the saving grace we were supposed to come out in november but we waited to fix the game and now it's running perfectly come over here gamers you want to try out this experience play for 10 hours hopefully you like it <laughs> It's going to be a wild one. We'll see what happens, but uh, that is our experiences coming out of the Battlefield 2042 open beta this last weekend. Let me know in the comments down below. What did you think of the beta? What you like, what you didn't like, and which out of the big three might you be picking up this holiday season? But with all that, let's take a pause, hear a word from our sponsors, and come back with Forza Talk. This episode is brought to you by Honey. Online shopping. Everybody does it. There's no shame in it unless you're doing it without Honey. That is you. 
should be ashamed of yourself if that's the case. That's because Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online from tech and gaming sites to fashion brands and even food delivery. It's also super simple to use. When you go to check out, the Honey button drops down and all you have to do is click apply coupons. Then you sit back, relax, little Honey guy dances and Honey searches for the coupons for you. If it finds a working code, you just watch the price drop. I use Honey for everything. I've been using it for a very, very long time, many, many years. I've saved thousands of dollars, honestly, over time. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on free savings. It's literally free, installs in just a few seconds, then you're good to go. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this show. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash kinda. That's joinhoney.com slash kinda to get Honey for free. Next up, shout out to Upstart. Carrying a credit card balance month to month can make getting out of debt feel like a never ending slog, but Upstart can help you pay it off and start living your life. Upstart is the fast, easy way to get a personal loan all online, whether it's paying off credit cards or consolidating high interest debt. Upstart can offer smarter loan rates because they look at more than just your credit score alone. Upstart also considers factors like your income, current employment, and credit history for loans between $1,000 and $50,000. Uh, one of my very close friends had a lot of debt in a bunch of different places, and Upstart was able to help consolidate it, made it just simple and easy for him to understand and now he's debt free living his best life find out how upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash kind of funny that's upstart.com slash kind of funny don't forget to use this url to let them know that we sent you loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income and certain other information provided in your loan application upstart.com slash kind of funny. And finally, shout out to Chime. When your online checking account balance is running low, a $33 overdraft fee just makes it worse. And overdraft fees have gotten wild. In 2019, banks took $11 billion in overdraft fees. Oh my Wow. Chime does things differently. Chime is an award-winning app and debit card that has saved its members more than $10 billion in overdraft fees. Uh, you deserve to have financial peace of mind. Join the millions of Americans already loving Chime. Sign up takes only two minutes and it doesn't affect your credit score. You can get started today at Chime.com slash KFGames. That's Chime.com slash KFGames. C-H-I-M-E dot com slash KFGames. Banking services provided by and debit card issued by the Bancorp Bank or Stride Bank. Bank, NA members, FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements apply. Overdraft only applies to debit card purchases and cash withdrawals. Limits start at $20 and may be increased up to $200 by Chime. Chime member overdraft fees savings based on eligible members' use of Spot Me versus $33 average overdraft fee. Overdraft fee data based on bank rate checking account survey and CRL June 2020 overdraft fees report. Chime.com slash KF Games. All right, everybody, welcome back. With that, we'll say goodbye to the Nitro Rifle, Andy Cortez. Thank you for joining me and Paris Lilly on the show to talk about Battlefield 2042. You, my friend, have a wonderful weekend. Have a great one, everybody. See you, homie. Andy. Paris, now we get to talk some Xbox fun right now. We get to talk about a game that is red hot. This game is coming out, and it's going to be a juggernaut of success, in my opinion. Forza Horizon 5 debuting in Mexico. We got to go on a preview for the whole week with about a, an hour to an hour and a half of content, you could stretch that out if you were like me and played everything and took a nice road trip around Mexico. But what are some of your thoughts coming out of that weekend or week that you had with it? So, you, you know, I actually, I want to take this back to late May when I, I was lucky and fortunate enough to, you know, host the uh, Xbox, you know, Showcase Extended. 
And I'll never forget, because they had to show me everything early. I'm I'm in one of the rooms or the video editing rooms. And I remember they were like, oh, we're going to show you the Forza Horizon 5 trailer. And I was like, okay. And I'm sitting there watching that trailer. And I thought, oh, this is all pre-rendered. Like, I didn't think it was actual gameplay they were showing me. I thought this is all cgi stuff that isn't actually representative of what the game's going to look like right and they're like no 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 this is a game and i'm like what and then obviously we've, we've seen all that so to go from that to now actually having it in my home and playing it on my series x and seeing that yep this is legit all this is legit of what they're showing it is one of the more visually stunning games that that i've ever seen and and i don't say that lightly because obviously there's some definitely some bangers out there but from a visual standpoint this this is a stunner um if you're into the horizon series like if you played three you played four you're gonna fall right in line with this playing five um follows a very similar formula i think mexico the diversity of the mexican mm. landscape really highlights you know what horizon is is all about um you know we obviously just just played it you know solo but I'm so excited to be able to jump in and play with my son and play with, you know, friends, all, all that, because this is just going to be a fun game to play. That's the main thing that I took from this. Um, what we played again, we're talking about bugs and all that, but this very polished didn't have any issues at all. And ironically enough, um, I mean, other than it being 30 frames, and 60 frames from a visual standpoint, again, I didn't really, I couldn't really tell the difference between performance mode and uh, what was the quality mode, I guess. Right. Both of them look fantastic to me. So, yeah, sign me up. I, I I can't wait till this thing, you know, comes out the final final thing, and then you know we obviously just get unlimited time to just jump in the open world and and explore and drive around and just just see Mexico. I think it's gonna be great. No doubt, Paris. I, I'm totally in agreement with you. And you know, no disrespect, but disrespect to Gary Witta. It is a breath of fresh air to leave the English countryside. Yes. As much as I loved Forza Horizon Four. When you go down to Mexico and you see the diverse terrain, you see the color palette that is going to be thrown at you, it just feels so much better. It's a breath of fresh air to finally break free of that, and I really am excited to see everybody's reaction of driving around Mexico. That, that was the first moment when they give you the intro that everybody's seen of the cars yeah. falling out of the plane, and you're on different terrain and different cars. It's just like, oh, man, here I am on top of the volcano with snow all the way down the side of the hill. Now I'm in the jungle and there's, you know, wet rainforest feel. And then I'm in the city and you can see the vibrant colors on your screen. If you're watching on YouTube right now of some footage that I was able to capture and just like seeing the towns and the cities felt so much better. And I was so pleased with that. And it's one of those pairs. It's tough for me, right? Forza Horizon and Playground Games have done such a great job at creating something so special in the racing world where you could be a diehard racing fan and you would love this if you aren't into racing games you can still find a way to love this because it's so open and it allows mm -hmm. you to do anything and create your own memories and moments which i really really love and i think that's what makes forza horizon so special but my my catch is, is like how do you improve on greatness year after year because this <laughs> game is great and it's incredible but like i can't look at you and be like oh here's like the minute detailed differences from forza horizon four to five because four was so terrific five is just great it just feels fresh because you're in a new setting completely agree i i am curious though to see how this again just talking from the visuals and everything how this will look on on the xbox one um since this is oh. a, a, a cross 
cross-gen, cross-platform game. That will be an interesting one there, Paris. I did not think of that because we were on the Series X, like you said, playing that. But it will be interesting. We are in that time period, like you and I have talked about before, where we're still getting those cross-gen titles, right? We're not leaving behind the past quite yet, and uh, we'd love to move right into the future, but it's not that time yet. But we've seen some games like Halo. People were very pleased with Halo. They didn't have too many big major visual concerns on Halo when playing the Infinite Beta. So it will be interesting to see what people think of Forza. But this was really, really fun. It was one of those pairs. We got 90 minutes with it, and I mm -hmm. finished it, and I was like, I want more of that, and jumped yep. right in. And they forced you to redo everything you yep. just did, and I was happy to do it. I was yep. like, I'll do this all day long. I couldn't stop. Yeah, ag agreed. And and again, just going back to the platform stuff, I, I didn't get a chance to check it out on PC or the Series S or anything. It was just strictly the Series X. So, so yeah, when, when we get to review time, definitely have to jump on on all the different platforms and uh, check it out and see. But yeah, from from what I played, from what I had in my hands, um, yeah, I think people are going to be very happy. Um, when it's when is it November 9th is the official Correct. launch date, I think. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you got an Xbox fridge, you got Halo, you got Forza. It's going to make for a great holiday for all the Xbox fans <laughs> yeah. out there. One more follow-up question. I guess you brought it up, right, of like, quality versus performance mode and I, I totally agree with you i couldn't see that much of a difference right it, it truly felt very similar on really, that even with like frame rate and stuff especially with like a driving game it, it, it felt very similar i think hmm. when i went yeah. from 30 to 60 frames it felt a little slower but honestly the visual wise it looked too close to call hmm. with my just generic eyes here i'm sure people will break it down and really go deep on digital foundry with that but Paris, are you a little disappointed no 120 Right. Is this one a game where you're like, hey, where's the 120 at? We're in the next. Yeah, game. yeah, I, yeah I, I am, especially since they are doing quality modes, performance modes. I was thinking there would probably be a 120 mode. Maybe, you know, maybe that's something that they just couldn't get ready for launch. And we'll, we'll see down the road. Obviously, we, we already have precedent with, with other games that have added a 120 mode, you know, post launch. So, you know, there's still hope for it. And I would assume, you know, this is going to do all the Dolby video, all that stuff. So. Hey, I look, I wasn't complaining while I was playing. I know that. So we'll <laughs> yeah, that see. that's the truth. Uh before we leave Forza, I just want to give a big shout out to the map once again. 12 different biomes that you can drive around and really each one feels so unique, right? The two different beaches on the other side, a giant golf course in the middle that I was just ripping apart pairs, driving some wheels in that one. And I loved the mountain with the volcano was great. The jungle the temples and then the switchbacks with the gondola was really cool yeah. to try to just perfect that drift and Jim Connor up the side of it was really, really fun. So I can't wait to take more screenshots, share those moments. Like you said, being able to play with friends is going to be wild. I can't wait for the eliminator mode again to return. That's one of my favorites and a great showing here with the preview. And we're just right around the corner before launch on game pass, which is going to be great. Great. Paris, I got a couple more quick ones for us before we end the show. Two ones. Let's end the show with two things right now, Paris. Let's first start off with a fun one coming from our friend Jez Corden over at Windows Central. Happy birthday, Jez. Happy we birthday. One awesome dude. We always appreciate you. Rand, we're still ducking you over here, Paris. Well, I was just going to say, if Jez was on, I'd have been here. Rand, no. <laughs> but uh, happy birthday to Jez over there. Jez had some really great articles that if you want to check out, we're going to talk about Xbox elevating in Japan right now. But also had a really cool one about Avowed. So if you're interested in Obsidian's Avowed and some details that he got and shared with all of you, you can go check that out over on Windows Central Gaming. He's got a really cool one all about Avowed. But I want to talk with you about Xbox in Japan because Jez reports over from Windows Central 
In less than a year of availability, the Xbox Series X and Xbox Series S has managed to hit 100,000 sales in Japan, a feat that took its predecessor 50 months to achieve, according to figures from Famitsu, who tracks the games industry in Japan. The Xbox Series S racked up over 2,900 unit sales between October 4th and 10th, and the Xbox Series X hitting 527 units sold for the week. The total footprint puts the Xbox Series X at 64,000 units and the Xbox Series S at 38,000 units over in Japan. Pair some impressive numbers, a good feat right there. We're going to talk about because there was some of like, oh, that doesn't seem that big. But then when you compare it to the previous generation, you're pretty pleased, right? 50 yeah. months to hit that as opposed to less than a year. So let's talk about the positives there. What did you think about that from Tokyo Game Show to the big numbers here? What what do you think about that growing market? It, it goes to show you that we're, we're we, but the Xbox is starting to to see some traction in Japan. Um, I think it's a combination of the hardware. Uh, along with the various services and as they start to cater more and more and we saw this during tokyo game show but as they start to cater more and more games towards that market you're going to get more people that are going to be receptive to want to pick it up couple that with a service obviously like game pass which allows you to play so many other games i i, I you know i know the the, the x outsold the s but you know the s especially in japan if you've ever been to japan and been in an apartment in japan you need all the room you can get sometimes. So the more compact, the better. So I think that also helps having having the hardware options there to go with the services. And like I said, as these games are starting to roll out now, yeah, I mean, it, it shows you Microsoft is committed to Japan. And as long as they can stay committed to it and give that, that region the things that they want to, to engage with, I think it'll just keep growing. Yeah, it's really cool to see the commitment you bring up, right? Not giving up and just saying, oh, that's a PlayStation Nintendo area, right? Trying to put a foothold there. No matter what you think of that small 100,000 unit sales, right, in less than a year, mm -hmm. that still is a big growing area compared to la last generation, like we talked about with 50 months. But it's really cool, like you said, the commitment. You look at Game Pass and the Game Pass titles that really cater over to that audience and also bring in some flair to the Western audiences from those JRPGs from Dragon Quest the Yakuza that, you know, people are now getting familiarized over here with, but also over there, you can say, hey, it's in this package. You can be a part of this ecosystem and play the games that you know and love. Another one coming out of Tokyo Game Show that you and I and Gary got to see was the announcement of Project X Cloud with the beta being released over there and the ability yep. to play that. And I think one thing that you and I and Gary have always talked about, and I'm sure Xbox gamers truly appreciate, is that play anywhere mantra, right? Being able to play on your PC, on your console, on your mobile device, and have that save go everywhere with you. And it always, when we talk about that market in Japan, we talk about the mobile market, we talk about how they're on the move and they want to take their games with them. And xCloud seems to be poised to be a great opportunity to really sell them on that kind of ecosystem and that kind of product that you can put over there. Yep, completely agree. I love that. So a really cool one over there, like I said, Happy birthday, Jazz. Great stuff. And go check out if you want to learn more about Avowed. But a nice little number there. Congratulations, Team Xbox, on some great sales numbers over in Japan. Very, very cool. Paris, you and I, we got the opportunity to go check out a brand new piece of hardware coming over to your Xbox consoles, a new controller, and a new headset. And this controller might become the best controller on the marketplace. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment right now. But you and I, we attended a seminar 
uh, a piece over there with PDP, I believe is what they're called, but yes. the Victrix controller, the Victrix Gambit controller and headset. You and I attended a cool seminar to learn all about it, and then we got to go hands-on with it. So send thank you to the team over there at PDP for sending us both the headset and the controller to go hands-on and talk with you all about it. And I want to talk about the controller first yeah. off, Paris, mm -hmm. because you know I am a huge advocate for what is the best controller on the market, the Xbox Elite Series 2. And I love that controller through and through. I will die on that hill saying it's the best controller that money can buy. But it has a very steep price tag, and durability sometimes gets called into question. But I want to talk about this Gambit controller that you and I put our hands on because this is going to be the closest thing you could ever get to with a elite controller, but at an awesome price tag. So let me read it up on it for the best friends out there, and then we'll talk about our experiences with it. So the Vitrix Gambit Dual Core Tournament Controller is coming at a price point of $99. 99 so less than a hundred dollars here the read-up goes like this the vitrix gambit dual core tournament controller was designed by esports athletes to eliminate lag and maximize your speed our controller has the fastest thumbsticks trigger and button inputs on xbox with gambit's dual core technology we dedicated one core to ultra fast input processing and the other for crystal clear audio that means less latency and up to eight times faster input response than competing controllers. With our patented five trigger stopping positions and hair trigger mode, you can decrease travel distance and react even faster. The Vitrix Gambit dual control tournament controller also includes 14 swappable components to transfer from the controller to match your game and your play style. In the pack, it's going to come with a wired controller, two face plates as pair showed off there, interchangeable gates, D-pads, analog sticks, and back paddles, three millimeter braided USB type C cord, which Paris, let me just take a moment really quick. Shout out to those cords. Shout out to those cords, not feeling flimsy, feeling really good. I hated the cords back in the day that would snap, that would crack. These cords are great. Comes with a carrying case as well. But Paris, like I talked about, I love the Xbox Elite controller. And we're gonna talk about the comparison here but when we had the opportunity to go check it out, they said, you know, Mike, this could be the next one. You might want to see it. And I said, okay, I'll be the judge of that. And now you and I have gone hands-on on it. And Paris, for the price tag of $99, yeah. there is so many pros here that I want to scream about this controller from the rooftop. The negatives are very few and far between, but I'm blown away. It's got the share button. It's got the different trigger inputs on how lengthy it can be. Yeah. It's got a good feel to it. I love the two different face plates from the nice white and purple to your purple, which is the noise canceling yeah. face plate, which I really, really like. I love the back pedals and I love how they're built in pairs. That's one for me on yeah. the Xbox Elite controller. Sometimes I feel like I'm pressing those back pedals so hard that they might snap off. They never have, but it's just a different feel when they feel like they're built in. And a cool one is, is it's got four or an interchangeable back pedal to give you just two if you prefer, which I really, really love. My only negatives and my critiques about this, of course, is you can't go wireless, right? It's always built in. And that's the reason why it reduces that lag as well, along with mm -hmm. the dual cores. But the weight, the heft, I think that's one thing when I touch on the Series 2 or the Elite Series 2 is it's got that heft where it doesn't feel like it's kind of flimsy or cheaply made. It's got great rubberized textures on the back. And it also has up to three programmable profiles 
as this one only has one. But for $99, Paris, this might just be the next best thing and something that people should consider if you were ever looking at an elite controller and said, oh, that's just a little out of my price range. This should be the one that you should go to, in my opinion. Yeah, I would agree with you because when, when you think in this, it, the, the competitors in this market and obviously the, the Microsoft's own elite controller, you know, is probably at the top of the chain when it comes to that, that 99, when they said 99, I was like, whoa, because- whoa. That's, you know, this this controller is built for a more competitive scene, right? And it's giving it to you at a, a more of a value price because, again, all the customizations that you're going to be able to do to it, like you said, yeah, it's not, not wireless. It has to be wired. But when you're being competitive, milliseconds matter. So that's the whole point. You're trying to reduce as much latency as you possibly can. So that makes sense in this scenario. So I, I think it's price very competitive um it makes a lot of sense if you're looking for for that slight edge in the competitive scene i mean people are going to look you know they're going to look at a scuff controller they're going to look at the elite all that this one coming into the market right now at this price point i think makes a lot of sense and it's a good controller it, it yeah. really is it feels good in the hand I, I think it works fantastic um like you said minor issues at best minor. yeah so yeah i think it's really good props to props to Vitrix and pdp no doubt, Paris. Yeah, give some props to them. It's right. I'm very, really, I'm, I'm really impressed. And I actually love the triggers. I like that the length horizontally really fits my finger. I think that's mm -hmm. one thing you notice on the latest Xbox controllers. It's just longer vertically than it is horizontally. It's a little bit tinier on that. And this feels good when you get your full fingers yeah. and hands on it. But I yeah, agree. really, I, I'm blown away. I'm really impressed. And I think one thing we took away, I wish I brought it up from the presentation, was when they did show that their independent study of, hey, this is what the times are looking like when you put in a button input or stick input or a trigger input and the times that it goes from, right? When they schooled us on, hey, the controller is trying to pick up, you know, these different inputs at certain time ranges and this is how fast ours goes so you never miss that button input. And then they showed the different controllers that it also tested. It was night and day faster. It was alarmingly faster, to be honest with you, Paris, where I was like, wow, this yeah. is insane that you've created this. And playing with it, I've played with it for a full week now. A lot of Call of Duty Warzone, a lot of Apex Legends, a lot of first-person shooters. It feels and plays just like an Elite controller, but with a great price that's affordable at $100. So really, really was pleased with this experience of this, um, this controller right here, the Gambit, the Victrix. Yeah gambit dual core gaming controller so check that out but paris i didn't get to jump into the headsets now this is one that people were talking about of course coming from the esports background headsets always matter i wanted to know what were just some of your thoughts on that one as that is coming in at a different price point of 129 dollars. interesting enough i i i put this it, it's funny because we talked about controller i think the price is right because you're coming in very competitive compared to the elite you know, controller, right? Whereas this one, it's a great headset, works fine, wireless, the whole thing, it does, does Dolby Atmos, all of that, all the things that you would want from an Xbox headset con connected to your, to your Xbox. But when you compare it to the Xbox wireless headset that just came out a few months ago, that's 99, if, if, I'm, if I'm remembering that correct. correctly. That is correct, So yeah. this is actually a little more I put them on par as far as that goes, as far okay. as quality goes, sound reproduction, the whole thing. They're very similar, but this is $30 more. So, so you have to take that into account, but you don't have to only use this on an Xbox. You can obviously use this on 
the competition console and you can use it on PC and all that if you so choose. But I, I, I do like it. I think the build quality on it is really good. Like I said, the sound production on it is really good. Um, the mic worked fairly well. Um, people could hear me, you know, w- without issue. It wasn't like saying tiny, teeny tiny or anything. So it's, it's great. It's another quality product form. I, I guess I would just say out of the box, I, I guess I wish it was also $99. I think that would have made a lot more sense. Yeah, that price tag definitely caught my eye there. But you know what also kind of fixed that a little bit for me, put it more on a balance, was that lifetime subscription to Dolby Atmos. That yeah. was a very interesting mm-hmm. catch of, you know, Dolby Atmos is being pushed a lot here on the Xbox side. And we talked about the headsets from Xbox. And they were giving you, I don't remember, it was either one month to six months of Dolby right. Atmos with that, right? I really, that kind of caught my eye. I was like, oh, lifetime with that. That's a very interesting kind of clause there to put on there to maybe justify a little bit more of a price tag, but kind of awesome to see that, hey, when you own this, you're going to have that Dolby Atmos. That's really, really cool to me. I, I like that kind of stuff. And if I had to guess, since you're saying that, that is probably why it's, you know, it's it's costing $30 more. I'm, I'm guaranteeing there's probably some licensing thing in there that that's causing that. Whereas like you're saying, the Xbox headset isn't giving it to you lifetime. So that kind of makes sense. Make sure to go check those out. I'm really happy that we got our hands on on that. And I'm really impressed by the controller, truly and honestly, mm. for the price tag and what that has brought into the market. Go check it out. That's the Vitrix Gambit dual core controller. So small, small bit of uh, funny trivia on, on that during that, because I don't know the presentation you're in, but the presentation I was in, uh, it was with Naveen Kumar, who okay. used to work at Xbox, because if you go back to Showcase Extended, that was who was showing off the design <laughs> lab for Ka Can't Cook. So I, I literally had to get his approval that he was okay with me doing Ka Can't Cook. That I whole love thing. that. And he said it was fine. So when I saw him on there, we both had a good laugh during, during the thing. Yeah. That, that is awesome, funny. Paris. I, I yeah. had a really good one because, you know, me being the, the newcomer into the industry, I've really enjoyed the opportunities to go behind closed doors and get to meet with the team, see their games, understand the pitches and the fun that they yeah. bring into the world, right? And it was cool for me because I actually signed up for the earliest part on Friday morning. So I was there at 7.30 in the morning. It was just me and one other kid. And I'll, I'll never forget just the fun of like striking up a conversation and yeah. hearing, oh, I'm from Xbox and now I joined this team and this is right. what we're doing. And right. this is the background. It's like, man, this is really, really cool to get to know the people in the industry and share those stories in those moments. So something Completely I'll never agree. forget, but Same. a lot of fun. And you know what also is a lot of fun? Getting to share these moments with you, Paris Lily. Another great episode in the can. We're ready to jump into the weekend. Got a lot of fun games to play, whether you're playing over on the Switch with Metroid Dread, you're jumping into Yara in Far Cry 6, or if you're going out there just having a good time in your favorite video game, I hope you have a wonderful weekend. On behalf of myself and Paris Lily, Gary Witta, who's out this week, congratulations on the baby. Oh, we didn't man, get to yeah. say that. He had a baby, yes. Congratulations, Gary. That's and, so awesome. Uh, of course, we'll see you in the fandom with my guy, Barrett, Courtney, and the team talking all things Batman throughout the weekend and on Monday. Don't miss out on the live streams. Don't miss out on the Arkham case. We'll see you guys back here next week. Peace.